0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Hope your day is off to a great start. Got some important things to share with you today, and we're going to get right back into the Word. Uh, On Friday, uh, I will not be on with you because I'm going to be speaking at the National Association of Christian Lawmakers in Dallas, Texas. And I'm going to be sharing with them what I'm going to say to you and partly what I'm going to say to you today. There is an effort in my view to completely and totally transform this country from a constitutional republic into some kind of socialist, secularist model. And one of the ways of achieving that is, of course, through the electoral process. And that requires that the Democrat Party primarily, which is this at this point, is the seat of socialism in our country. Uh, that they be able to manipulate the voting process in such a way as to ensure the outcome. You know, communist and socialist countries have elections. The thing is they know the outcome before they have the election, but they have elections. The elections just really don't matter. I mean, it's it's a pro forma symbolic gesture because they already know what the outcome is before the election is held. And that's where the Democrats want to take our country. They want to take us to a point where their assured election is a fait accompli, and all the election is is a gesture. <laughs> it's just a gesture towards some kind of democracy. But there is there, we we are basically, what they want is for us basically to be a one-party state. That's what they really want. And they want to, to, frankly, they'll lead this country to hell is what they'll do if they have the opportunity to do it. The Bible says that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And the Democrat Party and the left wants to turn this country into a nation that forgets God, in which God is irrelevant. God is not part of the process. He's not in it. Like Jerry Nadler said not too long ago, when uh, uh, Representative Stubbe from Florida quoted Deuteronomy 22.5 about women wearing the clothing of men and marrying with the clothing of women and then commenting and saying God was concerned about people trying to change their gender from what he made them to be. And Jerry Nadler vehemently said, God has no authority in the United States Congress. That's where they want to go. They want they want us to go to a place where God has no authority in the United States of America. That's what they really want. I'll be saying to these Christian legislators in uh, in uh, in Dallas, Texas. And, if, and by the way, if you live anywhere in the area, come on over. Uh, I think you can go on their website, Christian lawmakers, the Association of Christian, the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. National Association of Christian Lawmakers. I'm pretty sure it's what it is. <clears throat> you can go on their website and sign up and register, because I think it's open to anybody, anybody who wants to come. Um, <clears throat> they have a job, and their job is to stand up against every effort to tell them that trying to secure the integrity of our electoral process is a racist Jim Crow segregation move. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. Some of them know it and they don't care. They're happy to be liars. Some of them are too ignorant to know how to come in and out of the rain, so they just, they're just going along. They probably haven't even read the, the, the legislation. Some of these people espousing this garbage haven't even read the legislation. But what they're really trying to do is manipulate what they call the masses and get people to go along with this. And you get these idiots from Hollywood and other places who've not not read the legislation either. They don't know what's in it. They don't know what the rules are that are being established to maintain the integrity of the electoral process to make it easy for people to vote, which we want people to be able to vote, but hard for people to cheat. We don't want cheating in our electoral process. And this myth that the Democrats and the left promote, that promotes, <coughs> this myth that they promote, that, oh, there's no cheating in our election process. There's no fraud. There's no I mean, that's just another lie. Boy, they, they can tell some whoppers and, and just tell them with a straight face because they are doing it in the service of their idle power and their ultimate God, the devil. Now, I don't feel in any way reticent to say that, because that's exactly what we're dealing with. I mean, Jesus was dealing with the scribes and Pharisees, and what did he say to them? You are of your father, the devil, and the deeds of your father you will do. They're sitting up on their haunches, we're, we're Jews and we're proud, and Abraham is our father. <laughs> and Jesus looked at him and said, You know, you are of your father the devil, and the deeds of your father you will do. He was a liar from the beginning, and the truth is not in him. When he speaks of a lie, he speaks of his own, because he's a liar and the father of it. Jesus also says he's a murderer. And we got these people running around the country, stirring up racial strife, racial division, vilifying people because of the color of their skin. They're of the devil. And these Christian legislators all over this country have got to stand up and say, you can call me whatever you wanna call me, but I'm not backing down. See, the problem with the Republican Party, folks, if I may be specific here, the problem with the Republican Party is not so much the platform because I know good people who fought to make sure that that platform is solid. The problem is you got a lot of non-believing people in the Republican Party who are about as, as strong as a wet noodle, and the least little wind blows them, and they don't stand for much of anything, and they, they want the New York Times and the Washington Post to say nice things about them, and so they'll just, they'll just go along with almost anything. Compromise the country away. A lot of the leadership of the Republican Party is like that. Not all of it, thank God, but, but some of it is. See, what, what I try to get people who support me to understand is it's not enough to be conservative. It's certainly not enough to be Republican. It's not enough to be conservative. The question is, wh- what does that conservatism arise from? Where does it come from? I want to know how deeply rooted and grounded you are in those principles. And see, if those principles come out of the word of God, then, uh, okay, if you're a Christian and those principles come out of the word of God, all right, I know you're solid. (coughs) If they come simply out of your own economic theories about life and about the economies and all that and what you studied, better than nothing, certainly, rather have you than some liberal But I tell you, that's not a deep enough root because to me, any little thing can pluck you up. But when your principles are rooted in the word of God because of your commitment to him and your love for him, all the devils in hell can't uproot you. And the strongest wind won't uproot you. And people saying nasty things about you, like you're a racist, that won't uproot you, because your house is built on the rock. And when the storm comes, it's not gonna fall. So I'm going to speak to the association, National Association of Christian Lawmakers. And these are the people, in my view, who are going to make a difference. Now, these Texas Democrats that ran Tucked tail and ran from Texas. You know, I said, if you ask them about remembering the Alamo, they'll say, "Remember the Alamo? Uh, We we weren't there. (laughs) You know, because we ran. (laughs) We saw we saw the armies of the enemies coming, and we ran. I mean, these people. They they don't care about anything or anybody but themselves. That's it. You know, if you will stand strong and stand firm and what you meaning we we and and the legislators legislators we elect to represent us if they will stand strong and stand firm against this evil they will always be victorious they will only fail when they wimp out when they get weak-kneed when they start worrying about what people oh they call me a racist who cares (laughs) let them call you whatever they excuse me folks Let them call you whatever they want to call you. You just stand firm on the word of God. You stand firm on what you know is right and true. And they want to, I tell you what, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, they can stand against what we're doing and what we're trying to do to save our country. But you know what? They're going to get hurt in the process. Their businesses, their franchises, are going to get hurt. I guarantee you Major League Baseball is going to get hurt by taking that all-star game from Atlanta and moving it to Denver. They're going to get hurt by that. Because there are a lot of baseball fans who are going to look at that and go, I love baseball. But but you, you're turning baseball into some kind of far-left political operation. I'm not I'm not going to support that. You know, the NBA ratings in there in their um, playoff games are in the toilet. Now, I've, I've never been, you know, a, a, a gigantic basketball fan, but I like to watch the playoffs. I get, you know, get to the playoffs. It gets kind of more exciting for me and, you know, I kind of follow those and, and uh, not that I don't watch it all during the season, but I would watch from time to time or I get interested in a particular player. I find out a player is a Christian. I get, might get interested in that particular player and start watching those games. I, I started watching the Golden State Warriors because I thought I thought that Steph Curry was a Christian. Now I don't know. But so, uh, you know, I, I, various things can can move me to be a fan, but I don't watch it at all now. I don't watch it at all. Don't follow it at all. I'm disgusted by it. I, I just I have no stomach for it. You've insulted me. You've insulted my flag. You've insulted my country You've divided the country you've turned the NBA into a platform of, of, of far-left politics And I'm simply not participating and I giving you my money or going to your games I mean, I've gone to the NBA games. I've gone to Major League Baseball games no more Mm-mm. Not doing that anymore. I keep I can spend my money somewhere else I'm not going to put my money in the hands of people so they can turn around and slap me with it and insult me with it. So, you know, you let them go ahead and play that. Oh, you're all a racist and it's Jim Crow and all that stupid mess. And all you black folks listening to me, don't buy into that stupidity. Don't buy into that demagoguery. They're trying to manipulate you. Even Jim Clyburn, who I have no respect for at all, at all. Because to me, Jim Clyburn is nothing but a sycophant for the left. I'm saying he's a deacon somewhere. I, deacon of what? But even Jim Clyburn has said, ID's no problem. I said, I've always shown an ID when I voted. Jim Clyburn. And you've got these leftist progressives running around the country. Just Stacey Abrams, it's Jim Crow, it's Jim Crow 2.0. I tell you what, this woman graduated from Yale, I don't know what school she graduated from in Yale, but graduated from Yale. It it just goes to show that Yale has no standards because Stacey Abrams is nothing but a, a bag of wind a blowhard who feigns intelligence when the woman is not intelligent at all. She really is not. Because if she were truly intelligent, she would bring some factual analysis to bear on these issues. And, tr- and be trying to lead people with integrity. The woman is completely lacking in integrity. She has no interest in facts, no interest in truth, no interest in what is right. She has a, a, an interest in only one thing, power. She is a far leftist. She is a Marxist. She's already decried free enterprise. She said she's tired of hearing about free enterprise. Free enterprise doesn't do anything for anybody. It's only. It's only, it's only driven by the profit motive, which here again just goes to show the education at Yale must be basket weaving because the woman doesn't have a, a, a scintilla of, of understanding of economic theory at all and how, how economies work. I guess except Karl Marx's theories, which have proved to be absolutely wrong, total failures. Everything Karl Marx thought about economics is wrong, it doesn't work. And the people of Cuba right now are making that clear. They've suffered under that mess for over 60 years and they're tired of it. And they're now rising up and, and the communist totalitarian Marxist regime is busy rounding them up, people are disappearing, people are being shot, people are being murdered because that's all it has to offer is dictatorship, totalitarianism, and absolute control over people. Turns a whole nation into slaves. And that's what they want. And that's why they want to get a hold of the electoral process. That's why they decry the Electoral College. Because these dummies don't have the sense to understand that the founding fathers were brilliant in their design of our election system. Because what they did was to make sure that smaller states did not get to simply get gobbled up and ignored because the larger states with the larger populations could control the outcomes of national elections. So they created a balance. The popular vote does matter. It is important, but it's not the determining factor. There's a balance between the popular vote and the votes of the states. So that states are not left out of the process because it, we are the United States of America, that's the name of our country not the United People of America, although we, are, we want us to be a United People, you understand my point, but we are the United States of America. We were formed by sovereign states coming together and surrendering some of their sovereignty to, to a federal government so that we could be unified as a country, but those states constitutionally are still in charge of their own election process. The federal government has nothing to do with that. And the electoral college system was set up to preserve the importance of each state, including those that had smaller populations, like Montana, like Wyoming, like Utah, like Montana. Um, I I think I already mentioned Montana, but yeah, like, like states like that. South Dakota, North Dakota, the states with smaller populations are not completely left out of the process. At the time they wrote this, by the way, and George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, uh, some of the uh, uh, patriots of Virginia were involved in, in in the design of our system. And remember at that time, Virginia was the largest state in the country. And they were willing to surrender some of the influence that Virginia could have by creating this balance through an electoral college system. But what, what this, what their, their attacks on our, our electoral system proves is this. They don't care about the American people, they just don't. You, know, you live in Utah, you live in South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming. Who cares? You don't matter. The only thing that matters is their thirst for power. If they have to run roughshod over half the population, half the population, of half the uh, voting population believes that the 2020 election was flawed at best, and maybe even stolen. Half the population believes that. Any decent American, any decent American who, comes, who cares about this country, seeing that kind of result would say, okay, we got to do something about that. We can't have half the country doubting the legitimacy of a presidential election that could lead to disaster. That's the kind of issue now people have raised this. So you all understand where I'm coming from. I'm against violence. I'm against civil war. I'm against any of that. I don't believe in it. I don't want it. Okay, so let's just be clear about that. But that's the kind of thing that could lead to civil war. You got half the country believing that the electoral process no longer matters because the left has stolen it. What's the alternative? The left starts doing things that that clearly then subjugate people. You don't have first amendment rights because what you want to say is hate speech. You don't have second amendment rights because we have the right to take your guns away because you don't need those guns. You're asking for people to say, well, it's clear that our system has become so corrupted that we have no choice but to fight. Now here again, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm recommending. I'm against it. Okay, I'm against it. But I'm saying you can't have half the people not believing that the electoral process is legitimate and think that our country is going to go forward that way. Something's going to give. And I say this with all sincerity, folks, with all sincerity. If, say, Donald Trump, who I supported and voted for, had won the election in 2020, but there were irregularities that raised questions about how votes were taken, this, that, and the other, and half the country believed that his election was illegitimate. I'm serious, I would be saying, okay, what can we do to assure that the people who believe that, to assure the people who believe that, that the electoral process has integrity and can be relied upon as legitimate? I'm serious, because I know the trouble that it could potentially create, if you have half the country, even if I don't agree with that half, if you've got half the country believing that the electoral process is not legitimate, I would want to do something to deal with that. Because believe it or not, I know the left won't believe this, you are watching me, uh, most of you probably will, I care about them too. I care about those people who don't agree with me. I don't want them to win the policy debate, but I do care about them. They are my fellow Americans. I wish they'd get their heads on straight. But I'm not interested in disregarding their legitimate concerns. But they are interested in completely dismissing ours. You don't believe that everything was done up above above board in 2020, you're a extremists you're dangerous you're you're a racist you you're trying to reintroduce jim crow that's their response very dumb in my view very dumb but that's their response that's not a formula for remaining a united country so we've got to address that. And these these Christian legislators I'll be talking to on Friday are going to do that. Let me just tell you where I'm going to be. For those of you who might be in the area and want to come, anybody has got a private jet, just want to jet on down, jet right on down. You can fly me back home. <laughs> uh Okay. That's going to be on, I'm going to be speaking on the 16th at the Hyatt Regency Dallas Fort Worth, and I'll be speaking in the morning. So I'm going to arrive Thursday night, be speaking in the morning, uh, at the Hyatt Regency Dallas Fort Worth, uh, International Airport Hotel. Okay. Um, and that's at 2334 North International Parkway in Dallas, right near the, my understanding is it's right near the, the airport. So you fly into the airport. Uh, if you're coming from out of town, you fly in the airport should be right close by, um, so. I'm, I'm excited about that because that it goes to these issues that we are discussing. So let me, let me leave that alone and go to one, one more thing that I want to raise with you. What is this obsession these people have with our children? You know, Fauci is now saying that children two years old and up should either wear masks or be vaccinated. What is, what's wrong with that man? What is wrong with him? All the data we've read indicate that children are at very, 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 very low risk of getting COVID, very low risk. And they have not been the problem. They have not been the transmitters of the disease. They have not been the people who've been catching the disease. And he wants us to put a mask on a two-year-old or get him vaccinated. What is this obsession these people have with our children? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with him, with Fauci? You know, my father used to have an expression which I can't use, (laughs) which I wouldn't use. (laughs) But, But I will clean it up for you. My father used to say, get your hooks out of my business. And I think for somebody needs to tell Fauci, get your hooks out of our children. Because they belong to their parents, not to you. And, and, and no, we're not vaccinating two-year-old children. And no, we shouldn't be required. Somebody needs to tell these airlines and get a grip. A two-year-old child wearing a mask, what are you, crazy? Either, either your two-year-old, even if the child is autistic or has um, uh, uh, mental or emotional problems, you know, try to put a mask on a two-year-old who is feisty anyway. And you're going to try to put a mask on a two-year-old child who got additional problems, and when the child pulls the mask off, you're going to kick the parents off the plane. Somebody needs to kick them off. I mean, it's, it's idiocy. Uh, you know, I, I think part of the problem is. As we move further and further and further away from God, our sense of normal human compassion is replaced with this leftist Marxist view of compassion, which is what is best for people is that they be ordered around and tyrannized because that's they don't know what they're doing and we elites know best so the best thing for them the way to show compassion is to order them around and tyrannize them and and dictate to them and force them to do what they do not want to do even with their own children that that's what's best for them that's real compassion i, I, I I've said it so many times folks and you probably get tired of hearing me say it these people they don't care about they don't care about you they don't care about human beings they don't they don't People are just a pawn in their game, that's all. They need to get their hooks out of our kids, leave our kids alone. We parents, grandparents, we will take care of our children. We don't want to hear, we're the government and we're here to help. No, thank you, no, thank you, get off my porch (laughs) and get off my property. OK, let me get to the word, folks. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter five. It's exciting. Um, uh, exciting verses we've got to deal with here. Uh, we wrapped up at uh, at verse 10 of Ephesians chapter five, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. How do you find out what is acceptable to the Lord? Through the word of God. What we're doing right now. The 11th verse begins and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now that's pretty clear, isn't it? Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. You know, there's a bunch of people running around in the body of Christ saying that you can be a homosexual and be a Christian, and and we're proud of our gayness and our transgender, this, that, and the other. This says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Those are unfruitful works of darkness. They are condemned in the word of God and we'd have no fellowship with them no partnership with them no encouragement of them but rather expose them and that word expose means not just to show them it means to rebuke them openly it means to bring conviction to people openly it means to refute openly that they're wrong see when i when i do that i'm following the word of god folks i'm not I'm not following some obsession that Bishop Jackson has. I'm following the word of God. And the reason why this whole issue of the sexual perversion comes up so much is that they're pushing it so hard. You know, I found uh, doing some research for this and for my radio program, I I found a quote, something I'd written uh, apparently years ago and I thought, wow, that, that applies today, and it, it's, it's it just, and, and here's, here's the quote. Here's what I, this is what I, something I wrote several years ago. Most Americans believe that people have a right to live however they choose, but they don't want homosexuality and transgenderism shoved in their faces, changing the culture and laws of our country to normalize perversion. Now, I think that's where most Americans are. We do it's not our business how people choose to live. Live however you want to live. But when you start trying to shove it in our faces and you want to change our culture, you want to change our laws, you want to normalize it, you want to talk to our children about it, that's where the fight comes in. And we're not the ones, we Christians are not the ones who created the fight. The fight was created by these homosexual activists who decided that they're gonna tell everybody else how they're supposed to live. And they're gonna tell everybody else what they're supposed to accept and what they're supposed to teach their children and what the schools are supposed to teach. And so they're using every mechanism available to them to push this mess on us. But this word says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather rebuke them, refute them, publicly expose them for what they are as unfruitful works of darkness. Homosexuality is an unfruitful work of darkness. Transgenderism is an unfruitful work of darkness. Pedophilia is an unfruitful work of darkness. And yeah, I bring that up because that's where they want to take this. That's where they want to take it. I have no doubt in my mind about it. That's where they want to take it. Oh, it's just a sexual, sexual orientation. It's sin. It's depravity. It's disgusting. All of it. Yeah, I know. I Look, And you know, some folks everywhere I go, people say you ought to run. You ought to run. You ought to run. If I run, if I ever run for anything again, they'll take these quotes and boy, they will writ them large. They, they'll try to make this the only thing I ever talk about. They won't they won't mention my discussions about the national defense and national security and, and, uh, and education and, and, and the economy and inflation and, and the federal reserve, they won't, they won't, they won't mention any of that. And I always, I talk about those things. I mean, in fact, I'm probably gonna be talking about the economy more because I think inflation is about to, about to, create a tear in our economy right now because these idiots up there in Washington spending all this money that they don't have. And it's it, the effect is being felt in a dramatic way. So, but you know that if I were to run again, as many of you encourage me to do, if I were to run for something, rest assured, that's what they would land on because that's their See, that's one of their, that's one of their sacraments. You know, the left there several sacraments Homosexuality is a sacrament. Now, transgenderism is a new sacrament. Uh, Abortion is another sacrament that they have. Those are sacraments at the altar of their secular religion. And if you attack any of those, oh, my goodness gracious, you're not simply somebody they disagree with politically. You are blasphemer of the leftist Marxist religion. And they must destroy you. You must be punished. You are, you are. A danger, a threat. Twelfth verse: For it is a shame. It is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And they're trying to make everybody talk about it and everybody think about it and everybody see it. it. Says it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. And now every time you turn around, they got two men up on television kissing each other in the mouth. I mean, it's it's, it's sick. It's disgusting. Yeah, I said it, because I believe that's the way most Americans believe anyway, but they can't say that in most cases, because you're going to be fired from your job, your business could be in trouble, you can have the city uh, uh, regulatory agencies come down on you and say you're discriminating and all that. I know when I say those things, Facebook, YouTube, I mean, they, you know, they don't they don't like hearing that. They probably want to kick me off. Don't forget, you can always find me on BishopEWJackson.TV. <laughs> just in case. But I'm convinced that most Americans, see, they, they, what they've tried to do is normalize it and push it so hard that most Americans just uh, shrug it off. But I think most Americans still find it disgusting and know it's wrong. You know, that old saying, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. And you got a lot of Americans who, against their will, have been forced to kind of go along with this because they know if they don't, there are certainly—they've got so much influence in the culture right now that there are consequences. I mean, I'm convinced, folks, that one of the reasons why I used to be—I used to be on Fox all the time. I'm convinced one of the reasons why I'm not on Fox now is they know my strong stand against homosexuality. And there's a lot of homosexuals in the in the in at Fox and. And, and uh, look, I don't have anything against uh, uh, against anybody personally. And 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 some of these Fox uh, hosts who are conservative and homosexual, I probably agree with them more more often than I disagree with them. I respect all human beings, but I still don't agree that homosexuality is good or right, because the Word of God says it's not. That's it. I don't have an opinion about it. I've got the word of God and what it says. That's it. That's all I need. I don't need an opinion. I've got the truth. It says it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Well, the secrets out says, but all things 13th verse, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, but whatever makes manifest is light. See, and basically, what I'm doing when I say talk this way, I'm shining a light on this stuff. And of course, you know what happens when you shine light in dark places, all the creatures scatter. The light scares them. It, they don't want to be in the light because they can do their dirt in darkness. So when I, among a very, 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 very few in America today, am willing to stand up and say, Homosexuality is sin. You don't even hear that on most Christian networks now. The only minister I've heard actually come out and say that without apology or equivocation is Andrew Womack. Most of most, and I'm not saying nobody else has, I'm not saying that because I haven't watched everybody else, but I'm just saying it's rare. Most of them want to dance around that and they want to water, oh, well, you know, we got there's other sins too. Yeah, but but I don't see a movement. I'm adulterous and I'm proud. <laughs> I don't see a movement, I'm a thief and I'm proud. I don't see a move, I'm a murderer and I'm proud of it. I want the whole world to, you know, to give me accolades for being a murderer. I came out as a thief and I want I want awards. See that that there's there's a distinction between other sins that are still considered sin and wrong and this sin that is being promoted as good and right. And so it it draws a greater level of response because it is lifting itself up in pride as something to be admired and emulated. I don't get anybody saying, I'm a thief, and all the children ought to be like me. Even thieves know better than that. See, so it says, so so basically I'm shining a light that very few people want to shine. And now I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm not, I don't have the Elijah syndrome. Oh Lord, I'm the only one. No, I know that, I know that's not true. I just mentioned Andrew Walmack, which has a, a far greater reach than I have. And I've heard him explicitly say, you know, we're pushing homosexuality, it's sin. But here again, I've seen a lot of Christian networks where you can't say that. You say that, they, they might invite you to leave. Because it offends too many people. But this says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. The word of God is light. It shines light in the darkness. That's what John chapter one says. The beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made in him was light. And the light was the light of men and the light shines in darkness. The word is light and the darkness overcomes it not. says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, the reason why there's so much opposition to someone like me is that the people opposing me are in darkness. This says, awake you sleep, arise from the dead. They're in darkness, and they're in spiritual death. I said, you know, we've had a whole slew of zombie movies. I said, but you know, the the real symbolism is missed because the real symbolism is anybody who is not in Christ is a walking dead person. Yes, I said it because that's what the word of God says. That's what this says. Awake you who sleep arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light without Christ. You are in death. And darkness let me say that again because that mm. without Christ you are in death and darkness and by the way without Christ if you remain without Christ that's what your future holds that's what hell is hell is death and darkness complete and utter and eternal separation from Almighty God and all that is good Man. that's why I say what I say, the way I say it, because people need to be shocked into understanding you're wrong. You are wrong. But God will help you get right. But see, if people don't think they're wrong, I'm, I'm a good person. I, I don't need all that religion. I'm a good person. Now You're going to bust hell wide open because you're not a good person. The Bible says all your righteousness is as filthy rags because people want to compare themselves to to Joe Schmo over here who may be a drug dealer or who knows what else and they want to say look I'm a good person look at him look at me I'm a good person but that's not the comparison that you have to to be faced with you got to be faced with the comparison with the one who is perfect was and is perfect in all his ways and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when compared to him you can't say I'm a good person Bible says all your righteousness is as filthy rags 15th verse says oh and we're all, I'm, I'm almost out of time but 15th verse says see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools redeeming the time because the days are evil and there's a lot there to unpack and I'll probably come back to this tomorrow but circumspectly means circum circle speckly seeing see that you walk seeing what is around you this is not talking about physical sight it's talking about seeing spiritually see what is going on around you spiritually understand the circumstances of your life from a spiritual perspective which means from a word of God perspective when I use the word spiritual I'm referring to God's word now, these people, I'm a spiritual person. That's another one. I'm a spiritual person. Here, another one. I'm going to bust, bust hell wide open. A spiritual person. You're liable to be worshiping the devil. I'm a spiritual person. That's spiritual. Devil worship is spiritual. That doesn't mean anything. But I'm talking about with reference to God's word as an absolute orientation for how you ought to view the world. What we call a biblical worldview. See? One of the reasons why I've set some people is I absolutely categorically refuse to have a racial worldview. I refuse to look at the world as a quote, black man. I refuse to look at the world through the lens of race. I look at the world through the lens of the word of God because the word of God is true and all this racial stuff is not. So I walk circumspectly in the world. Through the word of God, I'm seeing everything through the word of God and what the word of God says, because the word of God is true. It says not as fools, but as wise, because if you don't do that, you're a fool. My father used to call people with degrees who didn't have any common sense or wisdom, educated fools. And you know what, I just got Harvard Magazine because I graduated from Harvard Law School and attended Harvard Divinity School. I still get both magazines. I get the Harvard Divinity Magazine. I get the Harvard Law School uh, Magazine. In fact, I get the Harvard Mass. I get three magazines from Harvard. I looked at that thing and opened it up and threw it in the trash. Because it's nothing but one long diatribe of indoctrination of leftist Marxist thinking. It's sad. It's really sad that a university established by a man of God like John Harvard, established to send the gospel of Jesus Christ across this continent, has now become nothing but the, the, the temple of Satan. And I mean it just that way. Nothing but the temple of Satan. The worshiping themselves, worshiping their intellect, and coming to all the wrong conclusions about everything. Harvard is going to find out it's not nearly as important as it thinks it is. Jesus Christ is going to show us what's really, is, is what's really important in life because he's coming back and he's going to straighten all this mess out. And when he comes back, people are going to find out that only one thing ultimately mattered, him. Him. Because he's the only way of salvation, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. God bless you. Gotta go. And uh, you all have a great day. And remember that we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.